Welcome to Living a Full Life Podcast. Join us as we explore health topics that encourage raising healthy children, living a healthy life, and living the best life possible. Now, here's your host. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Living a Healthy and Full Life podcast with Dr. Enrico Dolcecori. This week, we're going to be talking about raising healthy kids. This is one of the most popular questions I get as a primary health care provider over the last 15 years is um, parents always wanting to do the best for their children. And of course, we all want to do the best for our children. But there are some principles that stand out above the rest uh, outside of our social norms. Our society has created a lot of boxes, which we are sometimes forced to put our children in. Uh, they're not bad nor good. They're just boxes that have created to make our social function work as a society, like um, academia, schools, preschools, um, child care, whatever you name about raising kids. These are all things that have been created to help families follow the social norm of having a career, working, having childcare, and all the things that make the world go round. In today's episode, I want to go through the seven top things you can do for your children that outweigh everything else. Again, the goal of this podcast is to give you weekly tips and advice that help you hopefully not have to sift the internet and Dr. Google to try and find the information. Because what I did is I created this list based on research, and then what I did is I went into Google and um, typed what maybe most parents would type, you know, how to raise healthy kids or what's the best way to raise my kids, and I am not impressed at all at what comes up on the first 13 pages of Google. It is not the most sound advice, um, and I'll give you a couple of these examples. These are not my top seven, by the way, but it says, offer lots of fruits and vegetables, uh, that was a big one. Uh, hand washing, vaccinate on time, uh, brush teeth with fluoride. Uh, what else was it? Apply sunscreen every day, all year long. Don't miss any any days when they're on the sun. Um, and those those are not statistically researched to be the top things you can do. Are they things you can do to keep your kids healthy? Yes, yes, they are. Maybe, maybe not. Some of those things are not necessary to keep your kids healthy. We need to define what health is, and we'll save that for another episode. But for today, it's for your children. And the top seven things in no random order, so number one is not the most out of the seven. These are the top seven things you can do to raise a healthy family and raise healthy children. Number one is praise. You'll find that a lot of the literature now is going towards mental health and sociology and psychology. Our mental health is the foundation to all health, and we've made it very physical and chemical. We've looked at uh, what we could do physically to improve our health and what we can do chemically to improve our health with nutrition. And the issues come with that we forget about our mental health. So praise. Praise your children every time they do something or accomplish something that is actually great or good. It doesn't always have to be great. Your two-year-old uh, coloring a picture is a fantastic and great thing and deserves praise. Your child, you know, washing their hands, 
remembering to wash your hands after using the, the bathroom, that deserves praise. We forget about praise because we think that the daily habits that we create, both by ourselves and for our children, are not praiseworthy because they're just things you need to do. Making your bed, tying your shoe, putting on your clothes, getting in the car, f- fulfilling a full day at school and coming home. Uh, these things at the beginning of our lives, especially at you know the three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old uh, brains, praise develops their brain in a phenomenal way. Uh, tons of white matter development with that, which plays a big role in neurology. Play. Number two is play. So praise is number one. Give your kids lots of praise for even the little things. Number two is play. Both you play with your kids and allow your children to play as much as possible. Make believe shapes the brain. Literature on this is phenomenal. And I'll turn this into a two-hour podcast if we get into this. So I'm just going to save you. And hopefully as time goes on, we build trust in this podcast that everything I tell you is sourced by research, literature, and science that's always ongoing. Play is huge. There are types of schooling methods that have been developed, and you can find them around from Montessori to Riggio to uh, lots of different belief systems and how to raise children and teach children, and they're all play-based. And uh, most schools will encompass play as well, both in recess, physical activity, But it's our job as parents to make sure our kids get a lot of playtime, especially up until that eight, nine-year-old age. Believe it or not, eight or nine. That's that's where they need to just play, play, play. So give, make sure they have daily playtime. Sleep. Sleep is not only important for our children; it's important for us as adults and everyone from birth to the end. Sleep dictates the quality of life that you will live over time. And again, this could be a two-hour podcast just on sleep, but it's very important. Anyone that's raised children know that infants sleep almost all day. A newborn will sleep most of the day, and by the time they're four months old, they will be up for a few hours during the day. By the time they get to six months and one year, they're starting to split their days with awake and, and sleep and getting about 12 to 15 hours of sleep per day. After the age of one, <clears throat> 12 hours is the amount of time that they should sleep. And again, quality of sleep as well. Make sure the rooms are void of too much noise or stimulation, both audio, visual, light, um, EMF, you know, radiation from, from devices and iPads. Make their sleeping quarters as sound as possible so that they can get the best amount of sleep. These are great rules for you as well. Decrease the amount of stimulation in your bedroom or where you sleep to get higher quality of sleep. So sleep's really important. Uh, Children up until the age of eight or nine need 10, even 12 hours of sleep per night. That goes well into uh, childhood. Then by the time around eight and nine years old, they can start getting away with 10 hours of sleep into the teenage years. And then after teenage years, it's it's about eight. And then into adulthood, we want six to eight hours for the rest of our life. Uh, Number four on the list, we have praise, we have play, we have sleep. Uh, Number four is the food that we eat. And there's a huge dilemma with this. I have three children. I understand the battle is real. My kids are picky. All kids are picky. Textures, tastes, look all play a big role in our children. 
And when I do classes in, in the public here in Florida where I'm at, uh, live classes where people come in and uh, or workshops, and it's usually parents and family-based, and we go through diet or whatever topic we're going through, and, and parents ask questions, and we get through them about food. At the end, I look at the parent, and I try not to be mean, but I do come across as mean as, you know, an Italian-looking guy with a beard and yada, yada, yada. But, but the thing is, is I tell them, you know, where did your child learn about Pop-Tarts? Whose fault is that? Or cereal? Or candy for breakfast? Which, which sugar is inundated in our breakfast as far as cereal, breads, sugars, um, cakes, pancakes, muffins. It's, it's ridiculous how much sugar we feed the culture just through breakfast to start their day and make them addicted to food. Another podcast for another time. But food, whose fault is it? It's our job as the gatekeepers, as parents, to really preserve what food is, and it starts at a very young age. Whole foods, fruits, vegetables, and meats is how you start the diet. We have a fun rule in our practice. Food before one is just for fun. As long as it's a good breastfeeding relationship, breast milk is the number one food and should be the only food up until six months of age. 12, if you can, most cultures go to three years on average around the world. America averages 3.5 months. And for many different reasons, we'll get into that. Maybe that's a great podcast for another time. Breastfeeding, we'll get my wife, Dr. Christine Hafer, to do that, as my experience with that is nilch. Food. So we got praise, play, sleep, food, teaching your child optimism. To be optimistic in life. Do you see how most of these top 10 things you can do for your kids are all brain-based and psychological-based? Optimism. It's very tough to be a parent, period. And working career and life and stress can get to us, and it makes us pessimistic and resentful about different things, about the car not working, about our finances, about the noise, the clutter, the the, the pickups, the drop-offs, the, the foods, raising a family is not easy and we can become pessimistic as well. Remember, these young eyes are watching everything that you do. So sitting down and teaching optimism is a great thing. And a great way to do this is to ask your child, what do you think? Dot, dot, dot. About whatever it is you want to talk about. What do you think will happen? Dot, dot, dot. What do you think uh, we could create? Dot, dot, dot. And let the child's optimism guide them into whatever it is there. That's a lifelong thing. Always instill optimism into your children. Emotional intelligence is, I had to add it into the top seven because of just the literature that's out there and the evidence that's out there about being emotionally intelligent. However, in our society here in North America, us as adults need to work on ourselves and our emotional intelligence before we can really pass that on to our children. So, number six is actually for you. Make sure your emotional intelligence is always inclining. And this is stops by taking time for yourself and reflecting on why you feel the way that you feel in every moment. If it's anything you want to YouTube or research, research emotional intelligence. Some fantastic people on Instagram you can follow uh, from psychologists and health providers that are, that are absolutely great. I'll, I'll add some handles into the description of the podcast for you so you can click on them. Uh, emotional intelligence. Start with you because once you have a founda- foundational grasp of what emotional intelligence is, 
you will be able to teach these things to your children as well. Very, very cool there. And last but definitely not least, vitamins. Because our children are picky eaters, and naturally they will be picky eaters. Let's finish this episode talking about food. Food before one is just for fun, but at one, we want to start with protein-based foods, which is pretty much everything has an amino acid chain that we eat that is whole food. So whether it's a vegetable, a fruit, whatever it is, and you want it, you know, the major concern at one is we have no teeth, we don't want to choke on our food, we don't want to get hurt, we don't want anything sharp or rough to go down the throat, we don't want to, you know, hurt the child, of course, that's where we start at the age of one. So mushy things is a great way to start, banana, avocado, um, a piece of meat, piece of chicken, a piece of beef. I remember our firstborn, she'd, lo- she'd just grab a chunk of beef and just gnaw on it. It would still be there, but she would just suck on the juice. and just <laughs> She loved beef, and up to today, she loves her steak. Um, and then you can see the textures between your kids as well, but you start with the mushy stuff. Avocado is usually a big hit. The major concerns as a parent raising children today is allergies and, of course, having a reaction to food. So... The best way is just play with food. When Whether you start at six months or 12 months, whatever rules you follow, uh, remember mom, remember dad, you're right. Because raising kids is your prerogative and you have to go with your beliefs and the constructs that have created your reality. So don't let anyone ever tell you how to raise your children. So we, I digress. Six months, nine months, 12 months, whenever you start with food, Play one food at a time. So if it's avocado, we're going to play with avocado for a couple days in a row. We're not going to add three or four foods at the same time because if there is a reaction, we really want to know what food it was. That's the best tip I have for you as far as foods go. And then it's pretty fun at that one-year age. They're eating literally everything, and then something happens at two where they're just like, you know what? I don't like that. And that's okay. Um, But they end up not liking a lot of things, which drives you absolutely up the wall things that they need to eat. And then it can become very bland. So be careful of the things that you add in early. If you get the chicken nuggets and you get the french fries when you go out and you get the salty processed stuff that is addictive, which is constructed to be addictive, both in texture and in ingredients, salts, sugars, texture, crispy, crunchy, you know, the deep fried stuff, the breaded things. So on purpose, they develop a liking to that. We all do. We all love salty, crunchy stuff. I mean, it's one of the most popular, you know, um, food addictions for all people. Is like, you know, crunchy, salty, and then the savory or sweet that's there. These are addictive because of how our brain is made up. Again, we don't want this to be a two-hour podcast on the brain. So be careful with these and how early you instill them because they'll, they'll end up loving them. Uh, and then... You know, a crispy piece of celery or a mushy strawberry or a banana that has that texture. You know, like, no, I don't like banana. No, I don't like strawberry. No, I don't like, you know, celery. I don't like, you know, I don't like carrots. And then they stick to and watch what your kids will actually eat and you'll battle with them. Like, try some zucchini. No. Um, Try, then you got to eat a carrot. Okay, I'll eat a carrot. Why do they eat the carrot? Because it's crispy and it's sweet. Why will they eat the broccoli head? Because it's got that texture to it because we've trained them in that texture. But if you train them early on to eat the mushy stuff, bananas and strawberries and, you know, the whole foods are mushy. They're just the way they are. They come off the, the plant ripe and firm. And within a couple of days, they become soft. And that's just the normal progress of whole foods is what happens. 
So that's my best advice for that. And trust me, I'm still battling with it with my young ones. So there you go. So vitamins is number seven. Why? Because of the pickiness. We need to have fortified vitamins and you need to find healthy and, and whole food sourced vitamins. So there's different different um, uh, brands that we recommend. And again, I'll put that in the description for you so you can check that out later. Uh, but vitamins, vitamin D, virtually everyone is slightly deficient. Uh, the medical range is 30 to 70. That's what they say is a normal range. Anything under 30 becomes medically deficient where they may actually give you a prescription for vitamin D, a high dose prescription. Uh, the vital range, which we look at as natural healthcare providers, is 50 to 70, which when you look at that range, almost everyone is down in the 30s and 40s. You, everyone needs to take vitamin D. Your children, the rule is 5,000 IUs per day for everyone. But as we get down to those younger ages, uh, one-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old, I would just escalate from 1,000 to 4,000 based on age. So if they're one-year-old, 1,000. If they're three-year-old, 3,000. If they're four-year-old, 4,000. It's actually based off weight, but that gets complicated. And that general rule of 1,000 I use per day based on age is great up to 5,000 I use per day. And you'll maintain a healthy range there. Omegas. Omegas are... Um, uh, a necessity for building blocks in the body, Uh, DHA-based for children, EPA-based for adults. We're talking about children today. So a DHA-based, and usually fish, is the best source. Uh, Krill, small fish, uh, clean-sourced omega-3. That should be a daily vitamin as well. And a multi. If you truly have picky eaters, a multivitamin plays a big role. Make sure they're pediatric-based because the dosages will be lower. And um, these are just simple rules you can play in to your diet to fortify it and raise healthy kids. So again, let's go through that list, one through seven. Praise is number one. Play with your kids. Sleep, a sound, peaceful sleep every night. Food, focus on food and teach good habits. When it comes to food, kids do not need to finish their plate. Kids do not get, you know have to drink that glass of milk before they leave the table. Kids do not have to, they, they have to learn how to listen to their body and learn how to try all new foods. Uh, optimism, instill optimism into your children. Emotional intelligence, work on yours and teach your children about emotional intelligence. Kindness goes a long way. And vitamins, vitamin D, omega-3, multivitamin. I wish you all a great week. Take care, be healthy. And catch you next time. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Living a Full Life Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.